What is God's name? Howard. Who? Howard. Howard? How do you know his name is Howard? Because? Because what? Our Father in heaven, Howard be thy name. Who? Howard be thy name. Howard be thy name? Hey, I hope everybody enjoyed that video. I just, uh, that little girl's sincerity in saying that God's name is Howard, and then her mom's saying, what did you say? And she's like, how be thy name? And then she says it again. She goes, how be thy name? Like she says it softer and faster each and every time. Uh, it's pretty, pretty cute and adorable. Uh, so if you didn't know, God's name is Howard. Uh, but hey, we're kicking off a new series called Howard Be Thy Name. And so we're going to spend the next three weeks talking about prayer. Uh, and we're going to look at the Lord's Prayer. Uh, that's what that little girl was referring to. Uh, and it is the example that Jesus gave when he said uh, how we should pray. So every week we're going to have a little interaction, have a little exercise. We're going to read this together. You guys got it memorized, right? It's all right. We're going to have it on the screen. We can read this together, all right? So, hey, uh, we're going to have it on the screen. It's from the NLT translation, so it might be a little different than what you've heard before. So we're going to read this together. You guys be loud and project this with me. Can you do this with me? You guys ready? I'm getting a lot of empty looks. Come on, wake up. We got this. All right. Let's go. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. All right, that was week one. We've got some growth for week two. Can we get there? All right, I want to hear you. I want to be loud. Hey, uh, we're going to be here for three weeks. And really, this series is a primer on prayer. And, and my hope is that this would jumpstart you taking your prayer life to the next level. Taking it to the next level. And uh, I like to think about it kind of like a cast iron skillet or, or maybe a griddle. Um, when you first get it, it's nice and shiny. It's metal looking. Uh, we have a griddle on our back patio. And when we first got it, um, I bought a bunch of eggs. I bought a bunch of bacon, some pancake mix. I bought all this stuff. And I'm like overselling my family. We got this griddle on the back. We are going to crush it, have the best breakfast ever. Um, I let my family down. I was promising on something I could not deliver because uh, we ended up eating cereal. When you get a brand new griddle, you can't cook on it, all right? The first thing you got to do is you got to season it. All right, so seasoning it is basically you put some oil on it, uh, and then you burn it away, uh, and then you do it again and again and again. So what happens is the oil gets really deep inside the surface of the griddle, and so it makes it into a, a nonstick surface, essentially. So uh, I spent that morning sweating, just putting oil on, watching it burn off, repeat, all right, and it goes from being this shiny uh, metal-looking thing to this, like, glossy black, and then, then you have a nice season, and what's cool is when you get a good season, the more you use it, the better it gets, so the more you use it, it actually gets easier and easier to manage, and I think this intersects with our life because uh, the more you use that griddle, the easier it gets. The contrast is, the opposite is true as well. The less you use it, the harder it gets to maintain. If you don't keep that surface seasoned, it'll rust up, start to chip, it'll get all nasty on you. What's true of griddles and cast iron skillets, it's true of life. 
Nothing is static. Everything is moving. And my question for you today is, what direction is your prayer life moving? And so as we jump into this series, it's not about getting prayer right. It's about praying. Now, we'll get into good habits and praying like Jesus, uh, but the fact is the best way to pray is just to start praying, right? To do it. The more you pray, the better you'll get. You don't get better at any sport by sitting on the sidelines, right? You can't improve what doesn't exist. You can't edit and refine a page that doesn't have any words on it. You have to start somewhere. And so the first thing I want to say is just encourage, encourage, encourage you wherever you're at in your prayer life. Start praying. Maybe it's like, hey, I'm, I'm just on the sidelines get into the game, right? Maybe you're in the game. Maybe it's just taking it to the next level. What we want to encourage you to do is create a spiritual habit of praying. And it doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be formal. It doesn't have to be long or eloquent. Create that habit of praying. And you got to create that habit. There was a man who um, was a little rounder. I'll just say that, all right? We all come in different shapes and sizes. This guy's shape was round. Um, and he really wanted to get into shape. And so... Uh, he made a commitment. He made a goal. I'm not going to miss going to the gym for three weeks. Every single day I'm going to go to the gym. So for three weeks, every single day he went to the gym. Here's what his routine was. Get to the gym. Check in. Beep. Fill his water bottle up. Peace. I'm out. He leaves. Three weeks. That's what he did. Because the first step he knew he needed to do was get into the habit of going to the gym. What do I do? I go to the gym. Now, the next three weeks, all right, he completed the first three weeks. He went and filled his water bottle up. The next three weeks, checked in, filled his water bottle up. I'm going to spend five minutes on the treadmill. Peace. I'm out. It's not about how big of a step you take. It's about continuing to stack those steps together. And so what's true uh, in exercise, what's true in seasoning a griddle is true in our prayer life. Wherever you're at, take the next step and create that habit. It's not about taking a big step or a big leap, just the next step. He was gently increasing his commitment. And so a profound prayer life might sound like just this unique challenge that there's no way I could do it. To some of you, it might sound more daunting than getting a six-pack, all right? It's easy. Start where you're at. Create a habit that moves, you in the, moves your prayer life in the direction you want. Find a rhythm that works and commit to it. And I just want to pause there and say commit to it, not because you want to be better, like to have the sense of righteousness, but commit to it because, because Jesus is better. All right, this is church. This isn't self-help. This isn't because we want to make ourselves better. We want to be better followers of Jesus because it's about him. And it doesn't have to be perfect. We're looking for progress. We don't pray to be better. We pray because Jesus is better. So to zoom out a little bit, here's the next three weeks are going to look for us. This week, we're going to look at some things to avoid, some pitfalls, and some attitudes toward prayer. Next week, we're going to be looking at some things to strive for, some things to go for in prayer. And then on the 21st, we're going to finish up, we're going to put it all together, and land the plane with some practical tools to help you take it to the next level. And here's the deal. You don't want to miss any of these because we're going to build off of each week. Let's jump to it. In Matthew 6, Jesus reads the Lord's Prayer. He just said that. We just read that together. And I want to focus on the verses right before that, starting in verse 5. So this is Jesus talking in verse 5. There we go. When you pray, 
don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. That's all the reward they'll ever get. In Jesus' time, and in this part of the world even today, they would have specific times of prayer where it would be commonplace for, for people to pray at certain times of the day. So you would have these religious people, these Pharisees, and what they would do is they would know that like the clock is about to strike three, and three is when we pray. And so that'd be like if everybody was in here hanging out, and I was like, you know what? It's about to be prayer time. What do you know? I'm front and center on the stage, and it's time to pray. Let me pray for us. It's just, it's not because I want to connect with God. It's because I want to look good. So they would plan on praying where as many people would see them as possible. And so what Jesus is basically describing here is that these Pharisees, they're doing what, what we would call a humble brag. Anybody know what a humble brag is? Uh, it's where you say something that sounds like I'm seeking some guidance. I'm trying to, to just be humble and get some opinions on this. But then they sneak in something that they're proud of. I think this might be easier to show uh, than it is to, to say. So look at this picture. There's a guy. Uh, he's just asking how to clean something. Does anybody know how to clean an AirPod case? As mine are looking a little dirty. Um, I don't know about you. I've never held something on the palm of my hand like that to take a picture. Uh, but that's to show off his Rolex, his AirPods, and then his Supreme bike in the background. Okay, so hey. Uh, that guy just needs a little help. No, that's like the definition of a humble brag. It's flexing on what you got. And so what Jesus is saying here is there are people, they're going around praying publicly so that they will be rewarded publicly. It has nothing to do with being with God. People perceiving them as righteous or holy, that's the reward that they are seeking. And Jesus pretty plainly says it in that end of that verse, says that is all the reward they will ever get. Don't settle for people thinking you got it together, for strangers to think highly of you. It says this, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly where everyone can see them. Don't settle for that reward because that isn't worth anything. And Jesus doesn't just say, don't do that. I love how he doesn't just leave us to our problems. He actually follows up with an answer, a solution to it, a way to do it. it says this in verse six, but when you pray, Go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. Don't settle for some people thinking, man, they got it together. When you pray or when you do anything for the kingdom, do it for, for God, for his name, for his glory, for his reward, because nothing is greater than that. Nothing is greater than that. Let's keep, keep going. Verse 7, it says this. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are merely answered, answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Uh, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, where someone, uh, they're, they're praying, and you can just tell they're like feeling the pressure uh, to pray the right things. Like they, maybe they don't want to pray with a bunch of people praying, like looking at them, uh, but they want it to go well. Anybody have any anxiety if somebody was to ask you to pray in a large, okay, uh, I see that hand. Billy, would you go ahead and pray? No, I'm just playing. Um, 
But hey, you've seen those situations where, where you, a man don't call on me, and then they get called on, they're like, I don't know what to say. And so they keep kind of babbling on, trying to make it sound better. And because of that added pressure, they just kind of crumble. Um, and I have a refined palate when it comes to movies. And so when I think about babbling on uh, in prayer, there's this movie pa- clip that comes to mind. So uh, watch this 90-second clip here uh, that I think is just kind of perfectly describes this. Greg, would you like to say grace? Oh, uh, well, uh, Greg's Jewish dad, you know that. You're telling me the Jews don't pray, honey? Unless you have some objection. No, 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 I'd love to. Pam, come on, it's not like I'm a rabbi or something. I <laughs> said grace at many a dinner table. It's... Okay. Oh... Dear God, thank you. You are such a good God to us, a a kind and gentle and accommodating God. And we thank you, oh sweet, sweet Lord of hosts, for the smorgasbord you have so aptly laying at our table this day and each day by day day by day by day oh dear lord three things we pray to love thee more dearly to see thee more clearly to follow thee more nearly day by day by day amen amen oh greg that was lovely thank you greg that was interesting too (laughs) all right so today day by day uh, by day day by day don't pray this way all right Uh, when you pray it told us right there don't babble on don't babble on and I think there's two ways that we kind of babble on. Uh, we try to make our words sound fancier uh, than they really are. We try to sound a little extra. Uh, don't worry about sounding good. You do not need to sneak the word smorgasbord into your prayers for God to understand what you mean. Uh, talk to him plainly. Talk to him in words that you would use uh, every day. Um, I got to give it up to my son, uh, Clay. This was just something that kind of made my day. Um, by day. Uh, and so a couple weeks ago, uh, we had him pray for dinner. And, um, and he said, God, thanks for the food. I hope you have a great day. Amen. And I was like, man, like he's like, that's like got some theological stuff in there. But like, I loved it so much because like one of the things we kind of pray in our house, like, God, hey, just help us to have a good day today. Uh, and I think when we pray that, it actually helps us to have eyes to see the good in the day. Uh, but So Clay, he caught that, uh, but he made it his own. He wanted God to have a good day. And that's pretty simple, and that's pretty plain language. Uh, and that prayer, as, as a dad, that made me smile. Uh, and I really think that that made God smile, too, that he was looking for him. Uh, and he had a one-sentence prayer. God, thanks for the food. I hope you have a great day. Amen. He was ready to eat his chicken nuggets. All right. But it was simple and plain. He wasn't babbling on, trying to make it sound good with the whole family looking at him. He was just being real, being who he was. And I think we need that. 
So don't babble on. Don't try to sound eloquent when we pray. Just, just pray simply. Uh, and the next thing we don't want to babble on about, we do it by trying to sound better than we are, trying to sound fancy. Uh, and then we babble on just by repeating things. Uh, Greg kind of did that there in the, in the video. We repeat things because we want them. And God doesn't want repetition from us. He wants sincerity from us. Our prayers are not answered by repeating words over and over again. I know there's a passage that some people kind of take to mean that. We're going to dive into that next week. Uh, But God doesn't answer our prayers by repeating the same thing over and over again. Right after it says, it says, your father knows exactly what you need before you even ask. God knows what you need. This is a common uh, misconception of prayer that by repeating your words, you wear God down until you get your way. So that's, uh, that's what I've heard people call, that's the vending machine God. Right, so you go to a vending machine, what happens, you put in enough money, uh, you hit the button, and then you receive what you selected. And there are people who operate if, with their prayer life, that if I say this prayer enough times, that's like me putting in the coins, that's me like paying my dues, and that will be sufficient payment to receive the things that I've selected and I want God to provide for me. So this is seeking God for, for comfort in my life, right? And here's the deal. God's not a vending machine. You can't put in the right amount of prayers to get what you want from him. And this attitude, it's really an attitude of, of God over me. Like, like God is powerful. He is able to change these situations in my life. But the only way to get God to move is by paying the correct price and pushing the right buttons, God is over me, so I got to keep all the rules. I got to do it just right, and I got to say it the right amount of times. And then, then he will give me what I ask for. And with a God over me attitude towards prayer, here's what ends up happening. We cling to our performance, to the number of prayers that we have, to how we're doing, instead of the cross. And our performance will never be enough. We couldn't keep all the rules. We can't repeat the prayers enough to make it matter. We're human. So this the God over me attitude, it just, it doesn't work. And when this God over me attitude doesn't work, uh, we try to flip it. So we try the me over God attitude. And uh, so we had the vending machine God and the, and the me over God attitude. That's, that's really the Advil God. So the vending machine, you go there uh, when you want comfort, right? Like I'm missing something that's good and I want it. I want a little extra. I want my life better. I want some increase. And the Advil God, that's when you go to God simply for pain relief. When things aren't going well, you want God to remove the pain that you're experiencing. Here's the thing about Advil. It really doesn't fix the issues. It just masks the symptoms. It's like if every day when I rolled out of bed, I just rolled over and I like hit my head on my nightstand right there. Every day I did that. And every day I take an Advil so my head doesn't hurt. My head might not hurt because I took the Advil. Nothing's really going to get better if I keep hitting my head though. The real problem is I hit my head when I roll out of bed. This is when we go to God saying, God, take this pain away. But we really don't want to walk away from the painful situations. It's praying, God, help me with my finances when I really haven't honored him with my spending. Saying, God, help me with my marriage when there's things in my marriage that really shouldn't be in my marriage. Saying, God, I want this pain to go away, but I want to keep doing it my Way of saying, God, help me for the hangover I got right now, but I'm still going to go to the bar tonight. See, you're interested in God. You're not interested in God fixing the actual problem. You just want him to fix the pain. Me over God. That's because you're the one 
calling for shots. Right? When things don't go my way and I'm experiencing some pain, then, then I run to God. So two attitudes we've talked about. That's God over you. Right? That's the vending machine, God. Can, can I perform well enough? Can I do it well enough to get him to give me what I want? And there's God under you. That's the Advil God. And neither one of those is right. The attitude we got to adopt is God with you. God with us. There's really nothing better than to be with someone. To know that they love you, that, that, that they want what's best for you, they won't leave you, that they'll always be there. God is with you. That's the correct attitude of our prayers. God is with us. And we're living lives that have a strong relationship with Jesus. I just think that prayer does amazing things. And, and one of the things that I want to highlight is it aligns us with God. I can't tell you how many times I've prayed to God for something. Uh, and then after I'm done praying, it's like God just kind of gently nudging me. Hey, you, you prayed for this, but you haven't done that. Like, you can't pray for fish and not grab a net. You can't pray for rain and not bring your umbrella. God can take care of the supernatural. And I think in the act of praying, he often encourages us to take care of the natural. And so when we're walking with God, he uses our prayers to align our heart with his. And that's where he really starts to show up and do amazing things. When he is right there with us. He wants us to live like he is right there with us. That's his desire. He wants to be with us. He wants to be with you. I want to just shotgun a few verses just to show you that, that God wants to be with you. It's Revelation 21, verse 3. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. There is a future to come where an embodied God will be with us. Psalm 56, verse 8 says, you keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. He's been with us. He knows all our heartaches that we've experienced. He's felt them with us. Psalm 103, 13 through 14. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are. He remembers we are only dust. He is tender and compassionate to us. Psalm 130, verse 7, O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is unfailing love. His redemption overflows. With God there is unfailing love. His redemption overflows. No one is too far from the redemption of God. It is overflowing. Last verse here, it says this, Psalm 23, verse 4, Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. You are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You don't have to be afraid, for he is close beside you. He will protect and comfort you. We need a God with us attitude when it comes to prayer. Because that's the truth. God is with us. I don't know if you know this. You don't have to earn his presence. You don't have to grab his attention. He's always there, and he's ready to listen. Do your prayers match up to that truth? 
that, that God is right there. He's, he's with you. He's, he's ready to listen. You have his attention that God is with you. When we adopt a God with us attitudes, our prayer is marked by two things. Sincerity and simplicity. Does that match the prayers that are going in your life? Sincerity. Are you telling God what's happening in you? What's going on inside your heart? Can you be real? Or do you have to put on that fake smile? I'm doing good. No, he doesn't want the fakeness. He wants sincerity. He wants to know what's happening. And simplicity. Uh, do you talk to God more like your father or more like a professor? And we need to te- talk to him like he is our dad, wherever you are. If it's going great or if it's struggle, I can promise you this. I can confidently say this. There is more. God has more for you. And are you ready to experience that next step? You're ready to take it. Don't settle in your walk with God. Don't settle in your prayer life. He keeps on getting better. The more you know him, the more you love him. Uh, Some of you in here, you've been a Jesus follower for, for 25 plus years. But if we're really honest, if we look at our lives, Uh, you're a one-year-old Christian who's just been around the earth 25 times. Like our walk with God looks the same as it did the first year. It's possible to be a one-year-old believer 25 times. And here's the, I don't wanna call you out, I wanna call you up. God has more for you. I believe prayer is the fuel for your walk with him. And whether your tank is full or it's running on fumes, God has more. So would you commit to take one step today to grow your prayer life, even if it's just checking in, filling that water bottle, and leaving, to create that habit to grow in your prayer life. It doesn't have to be perfect. We're looking for progress. Start a new habit to foster growth in your prayers. And remember this, we we don't pray to be better. We pray because Jesus is better. He's better than the problems you face. He's better than loneliness. He's better than a fat bank account. He's better than a lean bank account. He's better than depression. He's better than cancer. He is better than anything this world can throw at us. Jesus is better. He is. We need our prayer lives to match that. Let's pray.